Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Quick note before we begin, the Finding Genius Foundation, as part of the Finding Genius Podcast, has recently completed a book about understanding viruses. So the creation of this book was to interview 100 virologists, ask them a lot of deep, difficult questions, take the most difficult questions, and then re-interview the top 25 or so and ask them the hardest questions I could think of. And we compiled that all into a book. So you'll see question and four or five experts' answers. Question, four or five experts' answers. There's about 30 questions in the book. I think it's a great read for the layperson and for the researcher. talks about a lot of speculation in the world of viruses, such as are they alive or not, and why is it important? Uh, Why do viruses go latent or hidden or ineffective or sit in a person or an animal or another creature for weeks, months, years? and then suddenly become virulent and affect that person. Uh, so there's a lot of really provocative questions in the book. It's now on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and type in Finding Genius, you'll see the book on viruses. It's also on Kindle. The Audible version is in production and should be ready in approximately a month. But if you want to go and order it now, uh, you can do so again by going to Amazon or Kindle or go, go to findinggeniusfoundation.org and go to Publications. There's an opportunity as well to get the transcripts of all the interviews and to hear the original interviews themselves. If we had put them all together, the book would be about a thousand pages, but we condensed them down to make it juicy and concise and tight and very interesting. So I hope you'll check out the book. Uh, we're now working on one about cancer, but this is going to be our goal is uh, three times a year to come out with these masterclass books that I think will inspire new scientific research. And I hope you'll check it out. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. And I have a returning guest, Daphna Teichhofer. Uh, she's a director of the Stop 5G and Wireless Harms Project. She's been uh, you know, going toe-to-toe with the FCC over the rollout of 5G, uh, filing lawsuits and injunctions where needed, and trying to uh, you know, put the brakes on this, uh, this process of uh, 5Gization, I guess I would call it because uh, there's a lot of uh, unknown health consequences, it appears. So, Daphna, thanks for coming back. How are you doing today? I'm good, Richard. What I, what I meant to say is I think all the health effects are not yet known, and we don't want to experiment and just roll out 5G everywhere and then say, oh, no, look, look at all you know these effects we didn't even consider beforehand. So I'm sure there are effects, but if it did oh, no, roll we, out uh, that, 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 it would probably be even worse, you know? The, the effects are known. We know what this kind of radiation is doing to our body. We have more than enough studies for 4G, 3G, 2G, 1G, and other, you know, wireless-based uh, technologies. And 5G is just going to be worse because it's, you know, those elements in this radiation that are adversely affecting us as humans and, and, and any living beings are the same for 5G. They're not different. They're just even worse and, and higher levels of radiation. So it's not really unknown. The harms are known. We know what kind of effects we are going to have from it and we're already having it. We're seeing families that have a small cells or 5G cell phone tower installed near their homes. I mean, families are becoming sick within days of installation. My email box is full really? of, of 
people who becoming sick within days of installation of these antennas near their home. It's it's really a disaster. When you say um, you know they're getting sick, what's happening? What kind of emails are you getting in their inbox? Immediately, people cannot uh, sleep. They get heart palpitation. It's not just I mean it's adults and children. So they suddenly cannot sleep, get heart palpitation, massive headaches, ringing in the ears, or some people can call it tinnitus, like different you hear sounds in your ears muscle pains like uh, pressure in the head cognitive issues the i mean the immediate adverse effects of wireless technologies are usually neurological effects and it's not a surprise because you know wireless or this technology is basically electricity and our body is electric our nervous system is electric so the first impact will be on your nervous system. So usually it has uh, symptoms that uh, has to do with uh, neurological effects. Uh, there are also a lot of uh, skin, uh, skin rashes, uh, which again, skin is, you know, nervous system. And so there's like skin rashes and uh, other symptoms, but those would be the likely symptoms. So if you suddenly cannot sleep, have migraines, headaches, heart palpitations, tingling, ringing in your ears, you know, bad feeling all over. It's likely that you have a small antenna, a small 5G antenna installed near near, near your house. What can someone do if all of a sudden their family experiences this? Is there a way for them to document it and then file suit or are they helpless? So it's it's pretty sad. I mean, this is this is one of the challenges we are facing. So the telecommunication industry you know, all of those industries are following a playbook. And, and one of the major things that they're trying always to do is to control reg- the regulators and the regulations and pass legislation that protect them from lawsuits and or prevent lawsuits. And uh, when it comes to wireless technology, in 1996, under the Clinton administration, they passed a, a section a section of the, of the legislation. It's called Section 704, essentially prevented states from regulating locations of cell towers based on environmental effects. That was interpreted to mean also health. So basically, you cannot object a cell tower installation because of health effects. This even became worse when a series of of court decisions found what's called implied preemption. What it means is that they they said that because of the purpose of what this, this law is trying to achieve, the Telecommunication Act, if they will allow lawsuits not only for locations of cell towers based on health effects, but essentially for lawsuits for adverse health effects from actual devices, from cell phones uh, and other wireless devices, then that will you know, harm the what, the what this law is trying to achieve. And therefore, they actually said that those lawsuits are preempted. So essentially, currently in the United States, you cannot sue to prevent installation of this infrastructure and or for damage that was caused to you from this infrastructure or from out the wireless devices because of health effects, which is monstrous. Can that be, though? I mean, how could they just assume that there's no effects and prevent you from so like? Why would they need to put that provision in place unless they knew there was a problem? It's, it's exactly. kind of like circular logic. Exactly. So if there are no health effects, why do you need to prevent it? Because anyway, those lawsuits were filed in court, right? So um, right. it's just actually a proof that there are health effects. And, and we know for a fact that our government is aware of severe adverse health effects from this technology already from the 50s and 60s. And not just that, our government used the knowledge of what this kind of technology can cause for various well for, for various wireless weapons. So it's literally the biggest fraud ever. So they know that there are health effects while they tell to the public that there's no evidence of health effects. Uh, the base guidelines on false scientific assumptions that was disproven already decades ago and keep on forcing this technology in on people while keep on telling them that there is no health effect. 
and and clearly you can see the health effects all around you just look what happening in a past, what has happened in the past 10 or 15 years in terms of sickness i mean adhd autism cancers alzheimer's suddenly in young people all of these are conditions that were directly associated with exposure to wireless technology and radiation so as we move from 2g to 3g to 4g and now 5g what what is being observed out in the public what's the difference in the technologies in terms of health effects So I mean all of these technologies are based on what's you know on on frequencies that are called radio frequencies and microwaves frequencies which are part of the electromagnetic spectrum and uh basically with this technology with each technology first we going to have we you know we explain more and more exposure so the overall levels of radiation in our environment has been constantly increasing exponentially not linearly and exponentially with it which each technology and and the more we we've been using it i mean you know 2g was just you know 1g was calls 2g was calls and text 3g was call text and your emails 4g was and some data 4g was call text and a lot of data and now 5g wants to support you know the interconnectivity of all wireless devices that every device in your house will be part of what's known as the internet of things and be interconnected wirelessly so basically adding like billions tens of billions more devices connected wirelessly and for that reason we need many more antennas and the plan is to add about 800,000 antennas in the next couple of years so so essentially it's it's constant exponential increase in our exposure if you want to talk actual numbers so the levels of radiation you know from there's about tri- the levels of radiation allowed right now in environments are quintillion times higher than what the natural levels of this kind of frequencies are in the environment so and in the past before we continue i've been personally funding the finding genius podcast for four and a half years now which has led to 2700 plus interviews of clinicians researchers scientists ceos and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from $10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. 30 years, the levels of radiation, since we started to use wireless technology, the levels of radiation we're exposed to increase by millions, if not billions of times. So our bodies are not meant to be able to tolerate or deal with this kind of increase. And that's why we see so many problems and health effects. And, um, you know, usually I think that what happened with the wireless uh, industry is that the telecommunication is the industry is that they thought that they're going to be some kind of a process of biological adaptation but what we see is actually the opposite and you can see constant increase in sickness so back to your question what the problems that changes between all the technology is number one the radiation levels which are are exponentially higher and keep on going uh higher exponentially i mean between 4g to 5g we we seeing levels of radiation which are at least a thousand times higher so before they put 5g in your neighborhood you had levels which are a thousand times lower than what you're exposed to now now there's another element to this technology which is probably the most harmful element is what's known as modulation i mean which is the way we put the information over the wireless carrier waves we do it by pulsing and adding a lot of frequencies that create kind of like a small waves over the main waves that carry the information and that 
part of that technology is probably the most bioactive. And it's actually in the 5G, it's, it's more complex. There's more pulsation, more frequencies that are part of that data transfer. And that is known to be more biologically active. So there's a lot of element that makes 5G worse than 4G and 3G and 2G, both in terms of how this technology is operating as well as the levels of radiation. So, and we're seeing it again, we, we're saying, I, I know by the amount of emails I get from people who get injured, and I cannot tell you how many emails I get per week for, from people who had antenna installed and immediately got sick, them and the whole family, children and adults and visitors, and it, it's, it's, it's monstrous. And back to your question before, what it is that you can do, the only thing, the only option that they left open for us is they did not leave open. Now they're trying to block that avenue as well is filing an ADA complaint asking to remove the tower, you know, because it's making it impossible for you to live in your house. However, a recent legislation uh, by the FCC is trying to block that option to and preempts even ADA laws, which is monstrous. And that is one of the cases we filed against the FCC. Yeah, tell me about the cases and what's been the reaction so far and how far have they gotten? What are some of the recent ones you've done? So the first lawsuit we filed against the FCC, the Federal Communication Commission, which is the agency that's responsible to regulate wireless technology in the United States, was filed a year ago. It was filed in the D.C. Court of Appeals. It's a federal court. Basically, we challenged the FCC guidelines. The FCC uh, conducted an alleged review as F whether or not the FCC should review the health guidelines. Uh, in December 2019, the FCC published a decision that there's no evidence, there's no need to review the, the guidelines. As a result, we filed a case basically alleging that the FCC decision is capricious, arbitrary, not evidence-based, and abuse of discretion. We showed thousands of studies that were filed, uh, that were published since the FCC guidelines first were published in 1996. We showed clear evidence of sickness, clear evidence of scientific evidence, clear um, numerous uh, opinions by medical association and, and scientists as to the extent of the harms. And basically, we showed how the FCC uh, ignored all of this evidence, including government studies that clearly show that this radiation, amongst other things, causing cancer and breaks your DNA. Uh, there's a big study that was conducted by uh, the NTP, National Toxicology Program. It's a $30 million study that was funded by the FDA. The NTP is the premier uh, agency in the United States when it comes to toxin, and they're pub- they published the results of this $30 million study in 2018 and 2019, saying that this, their study basically showing clear evidence that this radiation causes cancer and breaks the DNA. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Nevertheless, our government continues to lie to the public and, and absurdly say that there's no evidence of harm. This this lawsuit essentially is done. We had, you know, a year of, of briefs back and forth with the FCC and the courts. Uh, we had a hearing in January 25th, and actually it seems that the court was kind of taking a favorable position. One of the judges told the FCC clearly, I'm inclined to rule against you. And now we're literally waiting for the court's decision. We do hope to win in this case, and, and that will be a major breakthrough in terms of exposing the harm of this technology to the public and the fraud of the government over the public. The next lawsuit that we filed was filed actually last month. We filed a case on February 26 against what is known as the OTARD rule, O-T-A-R-D, which means over-the-air receiving devices. So this is literally a draconian law. Uh, which probably going to enable the biggest deployment of 5G in the United States and wireless technology in general. What this law does, 
you know, there's a lot of places in the United States or that don't have a massive wireless infrastructure. Uh, in te- you're in Texas, a lot of, you know, a lot of places in Texas, people use what is known as fixed wireless, which means point to point. They have a point to point antenna in their homes to get wireless service, whether that's satellites or whether it's a dish that connects to a cell tower farther away. What Autored allows is allows a person that have this infrastructure in their home, not only to now use these antennas to get you know, to, to use internet and or cell phone service in their home, but now to basically deliver it to other people in the neighborhood. So essentially, the, the, this law allows the telecom companies now to use people's homes to basically put antennas to spread, whether it's Wi-Fi or, or cell phone reception to people in their neighborhoods. Now, the most disturbing part of this is that, you know, when you want, when the telecom company wants to install a cell tower or a small antenna or a Wi-Fi broadband router in the neighborhood, they have to go through an application process. There's an application that has to be submitted to the municipality, people around that antenna will get noticed, will be informed, you can object it, you can check that it, you know, complies with safety codes. Basically, Autored exempted any such requirement. So your neighbor now can put an antenna, cell tower antenna on his home, transmitting wireless to your neighborhood. There'll be no application, you will not get a notice, all state and local zoning laws are preempted and ADA laws are preempted. So there's, you would not know that that antenna is being installed. And even if you'll discover, maybe because you'll start to get sick, there's nothing you'll be able to do about it. And because of the ease of this deployment through this kind of legislation, we expect that this is going to be the the most impactful uh, deployments of wireless and 5G all around. What's going on right now with 5G deployment? Are there certain cities where it's being deployed or is it now to the point where it's everywhere? It's all already mostly everywhere. I mean, there's not, of course, there's not any, I mean, it's, so 5G is a little bit of a, of a misleading term. So 5G is two separate things. 5G is certain technology, but 5G is also an infrastructure. So if you talk about certain technology, which means certain frequencies that are used and certain uh, protocols that are used, it's not necessarily everywhere now. Although for T-Mobile, it does seem that it's kind of like everywhere, but in terms of uh, deployment of what's known as small cells, which means like smaller antenna in the neighborhood, it's, it's getting spread all over. That means like antennas on, on electric poles, on city, uh, on city lights, in various places in public rights away. Um, it's all over and it's getting worse by the second. And, and those, those, those men look a bit, sometimes they actually as big as the cell towers you see. And I mean, I, I haven't been in Texas for a long time, but I live right now in California. And in some areas where you go, there's like, uh, little massive antennas, like a cell towers on almost every electric pole. So it's pretty monstrous. Um, there's some other areas with smaller antennas, but the bottom line is those antenna may be smaller, but they are, emitting very high levels of radiation, especially because of their proximity. So the problem is proximity. Yeah, question here. So, okay, so essentially, as the cases mount and build, what's the reaction from judges? What's the reaction from the legal system? Are you you noticing that the judges are more willing to listen or less willing and there's no change or, you know, what's happening? So in the case that we found, I mean, the major case that is right now in the courts is the health guidelines case. And 
that was, as I said, it was pretty uh, impressive, the uh, response of the court. I mean, the evidence is clear. I mean, the problem was really getting it into the court. And the thing is, you cannot sue the FCC when you want. You can sue the FCC only when the FCC is doing some kind of an action and, and you have 60 days to sue. So the reason that you know, that kind of a lawsuit was not filed before was because we literally was waiting for the FCC to decide on this issue so we can sue. And we've been waiting for 10 years. So the court was very, I mean, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by the approach of the court. As I said, one of the judges literally told the FCC that he's inclined to rule against the FCC in that case. And another judge was, was you know, was tensely attacking the FCC lawyer and said, listen, your your guidelines have to do only with cell phone radiation for 30 minutes near the head. I mean, now we are exposed to this technology anywhere and everywhere. People wear this technology, have numerous devices. How can your guidelines be relevant? They're completely irrelevant. And basically, it seems that she was very receptive to all the arguments we raised in our case. So, I mean, we're looking forward to seeing this decision. We hope not to to be disappointed, but if indeed the decision is going to be favorable, I, I will see a change. And I hope that for us, those who advocate on this issue, uh, our work will be a bit easier with a appellate court, federal appellate court decision that will support our position. What's a, what about some dates? When are you going to know the outcome of any any of your motions and decisions. So, in terms of the guidelines case, we're waiting for a decision. The since the usually the decision is is being published within six months of the oral arguments. The oral arguments were in January twenty fifth, so it could be any day now. It could be a few more months, or it could be any day. So we we really kind of like waiting right now for a decision. I assume that we would not get it later than July. But as I said, it literally can be any day now. It is, um, you asked me about other lawsuits. So there's um, another completely different line of lawsuits that I've been in the, in the U.S. courts for over 20 years, and they are for health effects. So as I said before, the government, the, the Telecommunication Act of 1996 and court decision that came after said that you cannot sue for health effects from, for example, cell phones. However, you are allowed to sue if you started to use cell phones or wireless technology before 1996. So since 2001, there are, which is 20 years, there's now over 70 cases of brain tumors from cell phones in the court in the United States. And through various manipulations, the wireless industry was able to keep those cases in courts for now 20 years, which is outrageous. There is some kind of movement. Are you saying that they, that they prevented rulings on them for 20 years? Yeah, from moving. They keep on submitting all kind of motions that will delay from them, uh, delay them from moving forward. And the way the yeah. court is operate is keep on changing judges. And so for 20 years, they've been able to, to cause delays in these cases. In 2012, 13 of these cases were consolidated onto what's known as the Mori case. And the court uh, decided that there'll be an evidentiary hearing to decide, to decide whether the plaintiffs uh, experts can testify. Basically, uh, which of those ex, who, uh, which experts are qualified to testify in court? That's known as uh, uh, Dober hearing. And uh, it's going to take place finally in July this year, so in uh, in three months' time. And hopefully after that, the case will move forward. <clears throat> About a month ago, the plaintiffs in this case filed a 176-page expert report from Dr. Christopher 
Portier, who used to be the head of the environmental section of the CDC. And his conclusion, yes, the evidence does support that this radiation is causing brain cancer. Uh, now the defendants, which is basically all of the wireless industry, is trying to get the court to deny this this report from being submitted, claiming that only evidence that was in place in 2013 would be allowed. So what we did, uh, we decided to file a new case. The law office of uh, Lundy and Lundy in um, in, te- in uh, Louisiana filed a new case, and this time we decided to file the case in a different court, and that lawsuit was filed in a federal court in Louisiana. And it's a case about a brain cancer known as glioblastoma, which is one of the most deadliest uh, cancer. It was a cancer that developed by a pastor that had been using cell phone for, that used cell phone for 25 years. And his brain cancer was discovered in December 2019. And on December 31st, 2020, he died at the age of 49. So the case was filed, and uh, one of the attorneys on the case is uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who is the chairman of the Children's Health Defense, which is the organizations I work for. And and since that case is going to be separate from all the other cases that are right now in D.C. for brain cancers, that case will move separately from the other cases, and without any problem, we'll be able to file, you know, any evidence that the most current evidence, so we're not going to be bound by all the evidence. So we'll be able to use, you know, the NTP study, the government study that showing that this radiation causes cancer, Christopher Portia's uh, report that says, yes, this radiation definitely causes cancer. And so we hope that that case will be the breaks we're looking for to finally have a case in a court where a jury finally would be able to see the evidence. And I do recommend people to read the Children's Health Defense. We published an article about the case on Friday, and it contains a very elaborate history of this case and of the fraud that was done by the wireless technology, uh, wireless companies to hide the effects of the, the, the science showing that these cell phones are clearly, clearly causing cancer and, and other problems. Quick question here. Um, it's one thing if 5G is going to be everywhere. But a lot of the phones now are becoming 5G phones. What, right. what will that do when someone not only is near antennas, but they also have a 5G phone? Right. So the 5G phones having more antennas in them. So you have many more antennas now that are transmitting within your phone radiation and also in higher levels. So basically the 5G phones supposed to provide you allegedly somewhat faster connection by directly connecting with other antennas. And some of the frequencies they're using, they're frequencies that are easily blocked by things in the environment. And for that, for that reason, those, uh, to use 5G, your antenna need, the antennas in the cell phone now needs to, to use more power to be able to connect with the other 5G antennas and not to be obstructed by things in your environment. And what we're seeing is that actually, if you go and see, you see articles by 5G companies telling you that you should probably disable the 5G antennas on your phones because they'll kill your battery. Again, because they emit more radiation and need more power to connect with the 5G antennas. So it's kind of like a dumb idea to buy 5G cell phones because, as I said, they recommend to turn off the 5G if you really want to have a good connection so why should you buy a 5g phone and will they will they still function if it's a 5g phone you turn off the 5g antennas like can you even do that yes yeah of course there's um there's it's it's really people should explore the settings in their in their cell phones because there's a lot of things you can do with your cell phone to reduce exposure to radiation basically you have control over the various features in your phone and the various antennas you can turn off the wi-fi you can turn off data you can turn off the bluetooth antennas you can you can decide if you're going 
going to use 3G or 4G antennas. So basic, and now with the 5G, you can also disable the 5G antennas. And there's a lot of articles online that tells you how to disable it if you're, if you're not sure. So yeah, absolutely. So what you want to do in general is always turn off as many antennas on your phone as possible. That means that you get less radiation. And the problem with the cell phones is because the, the, the radiation is very high and it's in very close proximity. So, I mean, try and, and minimize and reduce your exposure to your cell phone radiation and try, you know, people should start and get phones in their homes again and use home phones instead of the cell phones. Use, you know, connect the cell phone to the ethernet with an ethernet cable and use it without any radiation. There's a lot of ways in which you can reduce exposure and there are numerous, numerous articles online and videos showing you how to do it, how to reduce exposure. And I recommend that everyone start to educate themselves and especially their children. There is a reason why children are sick. Yeah. Is there, are there any, um, I know this is not normally your purview, but are there any quick hints or things that, uh, that you've learned that people can do to help mitigate the effects of this radiation? Of course, the most, the, the easiest thing to do and the one that every family should do, it's start and turn off all the wireless devices at home at night when they sleep. This radiation seriously interferes with our sleep. It interferes with various brain waves. It, it reduces production of melatonin, which means, again, you sleep less good. But most importantly, this melatonin is supposed to start corrective processes in the body, like to correct all the damage that was done to your body, to your DNA, to different systems. Them during the during the day and if you keep your wireless devices on then those processes are are now being hampered and it makes your body less and less able to deal with this technology and radiation so turn off all wireless devices at home at night especially the routers and your cell phone so so you can sleep better then the next thing that i recommend people to do is to start use Ethernet, meaning wired internet in their home rather than wireless. It may not be as comfortable as wireless, but it will protect your house and your children's health. And it's really small changes that you can do to, to seriously reduce radiation. The altered case, which is um, our case against the over the air receiving devices, which is the, the, the law that the FCC, the regulation that the FCC passed uh, that got, went into effect on March 29th, which basically allow installation of antennas on homes without application, without notice, and while preempting all state, local regulation, ADA regulation, and even preempts uh, deed restrictions and homeowner association restrictions. This is the lawsuit we filed on February 26th, and the case didn't really start yet. Yeah, I have a question about this case. Yeah. So, if I so probably the worst people affected will be ones that live in an apartment in apartments or condos because anything outside the immediate walls they have no control over, right? Um, overall, with this technology, people who live in an apartment complex, that's the worst place they can live for various reasons. You get, you know, you get this radiation passes through walls. And so whatever it is that your neighbors have, you're going to get in your house. And unfortunately, in the United States, unless you live in, in Manhattan, when, you know, a lot of the houses are really built from brick, the houses are built like paper. And there's like this radiation going through the walls from one house to another. So if you live in an apartment, you can probably get like dozens of Wi-Fi signals from your neighbors. In addition, you have the wireless smart meters, uh, basically, which is our utility meter to measure uh, electric use and other water use. And they are installed on the wall of these houses, so they mess up the electricity. And then a lot of these apartment complexes are being used now as, as places to locate antennas. So apartment complexes are really nowadays a very dangerous place to live in terms of wireless. And I recommend to anyone who can to just, just live ASAP if they can. I know for many people, it's not an option. And so they 
there be sh these people who live in apartment complex should be even more uh, careful and, and try and minimize the use of this radiation. I mean, I got sick from this radiation when I lived in an apartment complex. What so, about in a, in a, a regular freestanding house? Uh, are they allowed to come into your yard or what are they... You know, what's the current law allow? Where where can the antenna be placed if you live in a regular house? Right now, there's, you know, if they want to put the antenna on public rights of way, which means on electric poles, on street lights, uh, which is what they do now with the 5G deployment, they need to, to have an application filed with the municipality. However, there are uh, strict timelines in terms of how the municipality have to approve them relatively quickly and there are a lot of things that they cannot jack the installation based on for example health and also they cannot they are restricted in amount of money they can uh, uh, charge from the companies so basically there there was a massive process of deregulation that will allow fast fast deployment of um, these antennas in a public rights of way and in terms of the new law uh, which is the altered law, which we are now challenging. Basically, they don't need to do anything. They basically can go and knock on your neighbor's house and say, hey, are you okay if we install an antenna on your house? Uh, we'll give you a $1,000 a month and, and that's it. And if he says yes, next day they can have an antenna on the house and the whole neighborhood is now radiated. And you would not know about it. No, there's no need for an application. There's no notice. There's nothing they need to do, which is pretty outrageous. They don't even have to comply, I mean, to, to show that they comply with safety codes, with electric safety code. It, it's Wait, pretty they, outrageous. They don't have to do any of that? None. That's crazy. I mean... It is crazy. If, if it is draconian. This, if a judge... I mean... I mean, would you think that judges are actually bought off? Because if a judge sees this, how could they not be like, wait a minute, this is crazy. I, I do want to trust that at least our judges, I, I hope, I mean, all I can do is I hope that the court will be as outraged as we are. So, but um, when it comes to challenging government action, it's a little bit more complex. So um, a government can do actions what that you would think are, as you said, crazy or outrageous. And however, if the if that government agency complies with what it needs to do in order to pass the law, then many times the court will be forced to approve that law, even though it sounds crazy even to the court. So it's really tricky all this area of law of administrative law. But I but what they did with this regulation is basically removing constitutional rights, due process rights for people who are sick now that they removed the ADA rights. Um, basically, they leave people with no, literally with no ability to object installation of tower. And therefore, this is like serious violation of due process rights. And, and we hope that the court will be as outraged as we are. And if a court will not rule in our favor, this is probably a case that we will take to the Supreme Court. The preemptions are so overwhelming. Uh, the due process violations are so overwhelming that, that we, we do want to believe that the chances of win in this case are relatively high. In terms right. of your question to the other new case, as I said, the other case is a case that was filed uh, last week in Louisiana in federal court, basically claiming that pastor, uh, the brain cancer of a pastor who died from this brain cancer, brain cancer in December is caused by cell phone radiation and by the wireless industry fraud, hiding the harms of this radiation from people. And the lawsuit provides massive and extensive evidence of fraud on the part of the wireless industry and the way they try to hide the harms from the people. Uh, one of the things is, for example, the lawsuit shows that the, the defendants in this case filed numerous patents on how to reduce radiation. And those patent applications, they actually write that they know that this radiation can cause various health effects. I, I can read you one. For example, there was an application that was filed by Nokia in 1998 
And um, it was in order to put another layer of shielding in your phone that will reduce the amount of radiation. Now, while they did, uh, the, the patent application was approved, they never incorporated into their cell phone. Uh, so, and the application itself, and I can read it to you, just a second. It's pretty outrageous. And you see the admission of the harm this is causing. It says, cell phone antenna is located a few centimeters from the brain, the hearing organ, and the organ of the equilibrium, and that it has been suggested that modulated RF radiation induces changes in electrical status of nerve cells. A continuous localized exposure to radiofrequency radiation has been suggested to weaken million sheets of cells and to eventually lead to an impairment of hearing capability, vertigo, etc. It has been suggested that radiofrequency radiation may stimulate extra growth among supportive cells in the nerve system, which is in the worst case, it has been suggested could lead to development of malignant tumors, example, glioma. This is what Nokia wrote in the patent application, while Nokia has been telling to the public that there's no evidence of health effects right. and cell phones are safe. So um, the evidence is clear. The evidence of fraud is clear. It's really about finally getting that case going into a jury of 12 people that will be able to hear the case and I have no doubt that any jury that will hear the case will rule that these cell are causing deadly brain cancers. So how how are they uh, I don't know how powerful are the forces behind 5G and these you know the telecommunications industry to, to stymie this for 20 years and to I mean to allow every law to be bypassed and 5G to be put anywhere it's kind of crazy. Well, that shows you the power of money in the United States. I mean, there's no government in the United States and there's no Congress in the United States. There's corporations that control everything that happens in this country, literally. Last, you know, we start to address these issues of corporate control and money control of our legislators on every level, state level, and Congress. We're going to see monstrous things keep on happening. The guy, In terms of government, the government agencies are completely captured agencies. You know, Ajit Pai, who was the, uh, of the FCC chairman in the past uh, four years, he used to be a Verizon attorney. The previous chairman of the FCC, uh, Tom Wheeler, used to be the head of the CTIA, the Wireless uh, Industry Lobby Association, for 14 years. I mean, if you read the lawsuit on the brain cancer, you see fraudulent, numerous fraudulent action by this guy, Tom Wheeler. How come a guy who, who led the Lobby Association for Wireless becoming the, the main regulator in this country on this issue? Tom Wheeler, for example, was um, in 1993, when the first brain cancer lawsuit was filed, uh, he announced that they're starting a $25 million program to study whether or not this radiation is causing cancer. Cancer. Their studies show that this radiation causes cancer. And when the head of their program started to saying it, they started to f- they fired him essentially, and they started a def- defamatory campaign against him. They're f- I mean, these are people who work for industry, conducted massive fraud, then they're becoming the leading, you know, the leading people in our government agencies. So everything is fraud. It's it's pretty. It's it's inside right now. The jury is the last hole of democracy. However, you know, they're even able to get past laws that would not allow us to take cases. Allow us to take cases too. So it, it's pretty monstrous what's going on in this country. It's it's very disheartening and scary. In addition to, you know, organizations like our organizations that tell the truth and spread spread the truth are considered conspiracy theorists. I mean, we just filed 11,000 pages of evidence to the court, which seems, as I said, to be quite receptive to them. But, you know, nobody's publishing anything about it. Nobody's telling the public anything about it. I mean, this is probably one of, you know, the case we filed against the guidelines for wireless technology. It's probably one of the most important cases in the past 100 years in the United States. 
you don't get any coverage of this case in the media. Nobody's right. telling anything. So it's 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 we're not in a get good place as a society right now, as in as, as in, and as a country. And I do hope that we win those lawsuits, so finally we we be able to break through this wall of fraud and money control. And um, you know, we're paying the price. Our children are sick. We are sick, and these companies are making money. Um, one last question: What some people would say? You know, I'm just taking devil's advocate, but some people will say, okay. "I feel fine. The phone doesn't bother me. I don't feel." anything i mean what what percentage of people have you observed have sensitivities that are just overt you know to this these different kinds of radiation in which you know what yeah again what percentage of people has it been observed that are sensitive to it so first of all it's really not a sensitivity it's an injury people who experience symptoms from this radiation the injuries that were shown to be caused from uh, that the reason for those symptoms are pretty severe. So in terms of percentages, there are no current studies as to how many people experience symptoms, but studies that were done on to, on, up to 2005 showed at the time an average of 10% of people were already having symptoms. In 2005, that is before smartphones, that is before Wi-Fi, that is before wireless utility meters, smart meters, that is before 4G, 5G. So essentially that is before the massive proliferation of wireless technology. So there's no doubt that the rates are increasing. And the thing is, the rates are constantly increasing. There was a study that was done in in, uh, California in 2002 by the California Department of Health, and they showed at the time 3.2%. As I said, other studies showed higher percentages. But even if it was only 3.2% in California alone, that means 1.2 million people. So the rates are outrageous. And again, and if, but it's really not only symptoms. I mean, you know, children who suffer from uh, ADHD, for many of the children, they're really, really being misdiagnosed. It's not ADHD. It's the, the wires in their house that is causing their symptoms. And I, I know many, many, many families that once they remove the wireless from their homes, those children ADHD diagnosis was removed. Then you talk about autism and then you talk about Alzheimer. And, and, and in, even if you don't feel this radiation, it doesn't mean that it's not causing sickness in your body. It was shown that this radiation causing various processes, for example, oxidative stress, which is a process that can lead to a lot of sickness, including cancer, DNA damage and other conditions. And there are about 200 I think it was 221 studies out of 240 studies that show that this radiation causing the oxidative stress. And again, that can cause a lot of sickness short term and long term. So the fact that you're not necessarily feeling this radiation right now does not mean that you're not sick from it. And it does not mean that the sickness that you do have is not caused and or um, that the radiation was not a contributing factor to the development of this condition. Uh, we also okay. know that this radiation aggravates existing conditions. For example, cancer. Let's say your cancer was not caused by this radiation, but was something else. But there's a lot of evidence that it's actually aggravate the cancer and, and make it more aggressive. So in terms of, as I said, symptoms, I, I do think that at least 30% of people now have these symptoms. They just Nobody tells them that that's the reason why they cannot sleep and why the reason they have nonstop migraines. And that's why the reason why they have cognitive problems and they don't remember words or they have tingling in the hands and, and other symptoms and heart palpitation. Heart palpitation is huge. I mean, it's become like every second person you speak to now have heart palpitations. It's not, it's not a problem with your nerves. It's a problem from the radiation. For most people, when you stop exposure, those heart palpitations disappear. Okay. Oh, very good. Thank you, Jeff. What's the best way for people to keep progress on what you're working on? Where can they go? 
So the children's health defense, in order to bypass the censorship, we started our own media platform, which is called The Defender. All the articles we're publishing there, you can find it under Big Tech. And there are a lot of articles that can provide a lot of good information. Oh, shoot, there's an earthquake here right now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's happened here about five times a week. but it was wow. a strong one. So there's a lot of information there, including, for example, I, I do recommend people to go and read the article we wrote about the new case of the, for the brain tumor cases, uh, because it provides a lot of uh, evidence of fraud or science and will give an overview on the issue. Um, they also can go to the Children's Health Defense website and just do searches. There's a lot of other good websites. Um, there is Physicians for Safe Technology, which is an excellent website with a lot of information. Dr. Joel Moskovich's uh, website, it's called uh, Safer EMR, Electromagnetic Radiation, which has a lot of information. There's a lot of information. There's an organization called 5G Crisis, which um, help keep on top of uh, community actions that people can take. So there's a lot of groups that are doing amazing work out there. Just start to use your cell phone uh, to look for the right information, why you should not use your cell phone so much. <laughs> oh, that's great. Daphna, thank you so much for coming back. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Richard. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.